morning, grinders. Welcome to the DFS Free Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Thursday, gotta look up. I, anytime I, what day is it? I gotta look at the corner of my computer screen. It's Thursday, April 14th, and it, it's uh, one week into MLB season. So we'll be talking about MLB. You'll see it'll be gray hairs. You'll be disheveled. It'll be beginning of August to be like, is the baseball season ever going to be over? But it's here to begin with. And, uh, you know, and the variant strikes in MLB every day. We'll be going over that a little bit on today's show, uh, as, as usual. Thumbs up, please. Thank you. It helps us out. Gives those thumbs up. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Looks like Sufi Singh woke up, uh, woke up late today. Infamous talk in real life picture beat, beat, beat Suki Singh out. Uh, I guess Suki, so Suki's used to the, the late season NBA people that went, went late season NBA people. Like I'm done, I'm done with this. I ain't participating in the chat. You know, they, they, they're burned out already. Now you're getting the baseball people back. You're going to have to wake up a little bit earlier. Steve, good morning, grinders. Eric Brunick, Daniel Hutchings is here. Uh, Trey, kickstart, right? Nerdy, nerdy tenor's always in the chat, right? Always, always looking, always looking to improve the algorithms. The, 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 the big, he has a big computer, like one of those old school, like 1962 computers that takes up like the entire house or something. He's got one of those, but it's when like with the actual, like, you know, Apple M1 chip and whatever, right? He's got supercomputers there just, just, just to create MLB lineups, I think. Well, I had a conversation uh, yesterday. Uh, we, we, we uh, if, if you didn't know, I, I mention this all the time. It's for the people that don't know. Just because you, the people in the chat, they know, right? They know. Uh, Blender's Game Theory. I have, a, I have a channel in our premium Discord. You, you have to pay for it. You have to pay the uh, Road Grinders Premium. And I do coaching sessions. Just what pri- People ask for private coaching. So I, I just included it as part of that. If you're a Road Grinders Premium member, you can essentially get private coaching from me. Uh, so we go on Zoom like about once a week, maybe three or four times a month for about an hour or two. And people, you know, just audio, video. They hey, pop up, hey, what, what do you, what questions do you have, right? That type of thing. Sometimes, you know, screen share, or whatever. And uh, and uh, what I was talking to someone about, uh, you know, si- simulation methodologies and uh, and, and lineup creation, right? Because I, 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 it's not something that I do. It's something that I understand conceptually how to do, right? Concept on a very bare basic level which means that I could do it in Excel. And if it was 20 years ago, I could do it in Perl. Uh, that probably wouldn't be all that that great either. Uh, and uh, like the, the, the joke to me is that uh, that in MMA, which is very limited, if on a 12 fight MMA card, I was able to get Excel to, to generate all possible lineups and then and all possible lineups that don't have a stack, don't you know, they can't involve these two fight in. You can't match fight, you know, you can't stack a fight type of thing. And it took me almost 90 minutes for Excel to produce all those lineups. And obviously, uh, Daniel in the chat, uh, he could probably do that in two and a half seconds. Two and a half, maybe not, maybe less than two and a half seconds for MMA to just have all the lineups be created under those, uh, those, those, those guys. So MLB, on the other hand, uh, the, 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 uh, we were talking in the in the Zoom chat about because it was uh, it was a one of our subscribers who plays a lot of hockey and NHL. Yeah, you play a lot of correlated lineups also, but the one offs in in hockey matter a lot more because players players score more points in hockey and in in, in uh, 
in baseball, like everyone's floor is zero. So he was talking about his lineup creation, how he tries to create the stat has to, you know, Python or whatever, whatever he does to create lineups. And that it, he says that it's a pain in the ass. He, he, want, he wants to be, be able to do that, that easier or quicker. And I was like, he came to the, he came to the wrong person. If I tried to do that in Excel, I'd put it on and have to leave for two months. Right. It's like, I'm going on vacation. I'll, I'll, I'll be back. I could, I'll come up with all the lineups for today's slate by the time the all-star break hits. Right. At that point. Okay. Can we hold off the slate until then? Right. I, I, I can't do that. So uh, I know Daniel uh, was, re- was recently on the podcast uh, talking about his, uh, his lineup creation uh, programming and that even in, in baseball, it's, it's still not perfect. So I just, just want to bring that up. I mean, what else do we have to talk about? Would Vlad Guerrero last night just like crush the slate? I didn't play last night's slate. I played the played the normal the day slate. Uh, and that didn't even go well either. So I mean, at MLB is the type is it's it's unlike NBA when it comes to like I'm going to play sixty lineups and in NBA it's quite likely that you know I have enough combinations that like my six hundred dollars I could turn into eight hundred dollars. I can like plus or minus 20% on a day is not like at is, is, is fairly normal, right? Plus or minus, maybe 30% minus, but in baseball, it's like, well, I'm going to play stacks of this and I'm going to play stacks of that. One team scores 10 runs. The other team scores one. It's like this, the five man stack of the team that scores one run, like that lineup, that, that lineup ain't cash. doesn't matter if I got both pitchers good, right? Most likely a five man stack with a grand total of 11 points. Ain't, ain't even going to get to the cash line. So you see a lot that if, if you're diversifying to some extent, if you're playing 10 lineups and you're playing mostly the same players, then all your lineups are going to move kind of in tandem with one another. But if you're playing a very diversified strategy, uh, a portfolio, that you're going to see some lineups just not even have a chance. Some lineups maybe towards the top. And like if I didn't have, I didn't have Cleveland stacks yesterday, so like I put in like 680 bucks and I think I got back 200 because I played Lodolo over uh, Cleveland players. I did have some like Joe, I think I had one Joe Ram lineup. I had two like Franville Reyes. I still have one-offs and non-Lodolo lineups, but I didn't have any Cleveland stacks. Uh, but without that, you, you weren't going to get like a top 5%, top 1% finish. And that's where all the money is. So if you don't place enough, I don't care about catching more lineups. I care about, can I get one lineup up there? And that's it. Knowing that minus 20, minus 30, minus 40% is, is going to be normal on a given day. But that's one thing you have to get used to over NBA, where in NBA, you know, sometimes we get these value plays that you're jamming into two, three spots in your lineup because of injuries and people sit in and who knows uh, that a lot of times you just, you're, uh, well, this lineup has Jokic and this lineup has Embiid and this lineup has has Harden and this lineup has like you have stu- you're able to fit decent players that one player scores 48, the other player scores 62. And it's like, well, one lineup's higher than the other lineup, but they kind of both cash because you still got like most of every most of everything uh, good enough. Right. Well, one player sc- in this position scored like 36 points, but you got one that scored 26. So it's not going to help you win. But. You have 60 lineups and maybe you could cash 40 of them and you lose the minus 10% or something. You're right around break even. MLB, it doesn't really work that way. Like if you didn't have Clayton Kershaw, you, you, 
you're done, right? He was 25% down in the relay throw. He was in 95% of top 1% lineups. Clayton Kershaw was one of my most exposed pitchers, right? I faded uh, uh, Scherzer. So I played Kershaw. I played uh, still the filter by position doesn't end. This thing needs to be fixed. I, I need to get on, on, on Slack and have them fix this, right? Because I can't filter by, by starting pitchers, right? I mean, most, most of the time, the starting pitcher ownership is towards the top anyway, but I mean, this is, this is getting annoying. But I was, I was playing Ivaldi, I was playing Rodriguez, I was playing uh, Freed, Kershaw, Nola, and some Hendricks, who obviously did not do well. Uh, he, he was doing, it, it's, he's, a, he's a Rocky type of player. Uh, and then I had a bunch of Lodola, which I can't, he was like 9.6, yeah, 9.6, right? He ended up getting, I mean, he, he's a striker. He's, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to have some good average this year. Uh, but he was 6,000. So I was, I was trying to play non like a Dodgers Braves types of lineups. We see here in the top ownership. I mean, we obviously got Contreras. The Cubs came in much higher on than, than I projected. And that was the team that I was the highest on last night. I think a lot of people did that. And I think that's what, that's what ended up happening. It's like, oh, all the Braves and the Dodgers are chalky. Uh, let's I'll play the Cubs. And then they came in like Ian Happ. I thought Happ and Contreras would be owned, would be would almost almost be chalky. Like Happ at 22, Contreras at 20. But like Suzuki at 4,300, I'd not think would be 19%. But then I guess there's not okay. Those are really the only three, right? Nico Horner down here at 9.6%, batting ninth. Like I thought he would be more like three or four percent of Rafael Ortega, he was leading off, but he was he was a platoon risk to begin with. Schwindel, see, I was thinking more of this type, but but even 7.6. Like I thought it would be more like 3.6. So I'm not sure how plus even the Cubs stack that I the Cubs stacks that I made were. They were probably more efficiently owned than under-owned. But the Reds were under own, and I had a bunch of the Reds. And I think a lot of people did not play the Reds because of, of weather risk. So that that for my portfolio, I think that that in the EV that I was losing by playing the Cubs too much at efficient ownership, I I got more Cincinnati Reds in there at uh, more under owned than I thought. I think Aristides Aquino was like like four percent owned, and I thought it would be like nearly like nearly 20% owned. It was like $2,500 batting about like fifth for the Reds. Right. And then I played a, but since I was, I was fading Scherzer, I played a bunch of Phillips. Right. So I thought Scherzer for his pitch count was overall. Yeah. He got 22 points. Okay. He's 10 one. Do you need that? No. Right. We even see here in the top 1% lines. You didn't need Scherzer. Right. I mean, technically, you didn't need Kershaw, but I mean, I can't see uh, if I go into the leaderboard, the top line. I mean, wh what's the first lineup that doesn't have Kershaw on it at 45 points? I mean, what, what, I mean, it would be people, I mean, even Owen Miller was on 7.2%. So it's not like, it's not like, it, how, how do you find a way to a top, top 20 score without Kershaw? Let's see. Is there any, anyone up here? Kershaw, Kershaw, Kershaw. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, Start to proceed at 45. He scored 23 more points than the next highest pitcher. 
You know, it's not like it was a big slate or anything. I mean, even like one point, like no, like low, like Owen Miller at 7% at 31 points. Like if he was like 1%, then I could see like a non-Kershaw lineup being up there. But there's no one that was that low owned that like broke the slate to say. So no, I think you you pretty much need, you need Kershaw for like a top, a top 0.1% finish, but maybe not a top 1% finish. If we take a look at the winning lineup, we got the, there we go, 5-3 Dodgers. Dodgers, Indians. Makes sense, right? And the, and, the th- and the three correct Indians. Miller, Rodriguez, and Mercado. And you just got enough points everywhere else, right? Austin Barnes, Max Muncy. Like, you didn't even need Lux at a home run. You had the Bellinger here. Brett's only had 12 points, but that's all you needed, right? 5-3. There you go. There you go. Here's 5-2-1. Right, you needed Miller and Ramirez pretty much. And here's Pete Alonso, right? 34 points. And Chris Taylor with a zero, right? So 220, that's 7.2 difference. He replaces Chris Taylor with uh, Mercado. And there you go. He wins. A Hubro, great in baseball. He stops in every once in a while. If you see Pete, uh, Peter Wiles in the chat, Viles, that's, that's a Hubro. But he's a five-man Indian stack. With Max Freed, Hedges, Miller, Ramirez, Rosario with the three, Snowflake. Mercado, Bryce Harper had a good game, right? Not off of Scherzer, though. I had plenty of Harper. So there you go. five Another five-man stack just for chuckles. Okay, here's, a, here's one of these messy lineups, a little bit more messy. Kershaw, Ivaldi, and then just basically three-man, three, two... Too messy. It's a small enough. It's a smaller slate. Yesterday it was six games. You remember one? I think one. What one got postponed? I mean, it's doable. I guess I wouldn't. I wouldn't intentionally build these lineups. Here you go. Five, one, two, three, four, four. Here's four when a bunch of ones. Okay. BK Reader is a five. Here you go. Five, three, five, two, one. Indians, a Hubro, he's a five-man stack. I mean, if you take a look at like, pretty good players, you're going to see more stacks than anything else. Here's Mr. Goodseats with a Mech stack. Muncie, Bellinger, Harper. Jay Blake, the King, see, Indian stack. I mean, over time, the large, especially on once you start getting slates being larger, like, just stack. Even though you will find these types of these, these little like messy type of lineups, but yeah, because there, there's a bunch of there's twenty percent of the field, thirty percent of the field are putting in messy lineups like this. So one's gonna out of one of them, one's gonna hit. Someone's gonna have the perfect combination. But in the long run, you're more you're more likely, especially on the larger slot, as this like gets larger. I mean, I'm gonna say this all the time because they're gonna be new people and it'll be like, do you have to stack? And I just do three, two, one, you did Dean. It'll be Dean. It's always Dean. It's obviously actually, it's, it feels like a, by proxy, I'm just yelling at Dean. Right? If you watch Grinders Live, most of the guy, anytime in, for the past two years that I've been on Grinders Live when Dean's hosting, it's me going, okay, here are the stacks that, that are under own. Here are the stacks that are over on. And then Dean goes, well, I think if everyone's stacking, I'm going to kind of just pick here and do that. And like, what are you doing, Dean? It's like, well, it doesn't have to be five. It could be three and then two and then two and then whatever. It's like, dude, it's a 14-game slate. Just pick five guys. Just pick five guys from a team. 
pick two pitchers, fill in the rest of the lineup in any way you want, and you're good. And there you go. And you can pick thousands of lineups like that. To make lineups that are messy and all that type of stuff with one-offs, yeah, I guess you can get lucky. But they're, they're, they're typically minus EV lineups. Okay, look back to the YouTube chat. Sean Lambert says, Vladdy Jr. just hit another home run. How many did he hit last night? I, I, I didn't play last night. So what, let, let's, uh, what, what was on the, the night slate? Okay, the night slate. Well, that's the perfect game. You didn't need that. 49 points. So I'm assuming two, two, three home runs. Just three, three shots. I mean, look at, look at, look at the, how low a score this lineup is that wins. Reform racer. Right. It's a, it's an A stack. It's a four, four, two, two type of thing. Obviously, obviously the teams didn't score much yesterday. When you have two, five, a Springer at five and three point noose and, as long as it does, it's, it looks like as long as you had Murphy and Guerrero and Burns and Montes, you, you, you were fine, right? Like McClanahan got killed, I guess. Let's take, let's take a look back at the, the main slate. Pair exposures a bit. I have to change some of these players out. Some, some guys don't play. Uh, I mean, the, the only ones that'll show will be the ones that are playing. Some don't play baseball as often. See, I can't filter by position. They got to fix that. Because you can't go by shortstop. You can't go by uh, starting pitcher. I would have to scroll all the way down like Lodolo. Seems like cheese, whistles, and a hubro. It was, it was us on, on, a, on an island. E. Hafner, the Colts, shit my money, Royal Payne, JBC. No Lodolo. But maybe they didn't have any of that game. Let's see. Cincinnati. Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, they didn't have any of that game. Right? Zero, zero, zero. There's the Reds. See, I can filter by team at least. Right here. here, here here's the teams. Right. I think they, they just X'd out the game because of weather risk. I played it as usual. And it worked. And, then, and I got them much lower than I thought. Tyler Stevenson should not have been 12% owned on that slip. Nick Liddell, like all these guys, all these guys are, are at least twice as less owned that they should be. Had, if there was no weather risk, right? Tyler Stevenson should have been 20 plus. Lodolo should have been 18 to 20. India should have been like 14%. Naquin should have been 10 to 12. Farmer at a shortstop position, 10-ish. Vado, 6, 7 Aquino should have been, you know, 10, 15, 20, maybe even. Mustaka should have been like two, three to six. I can understand Jury and Fraley being low. But it turns out that the Reds were on their own because of that. Primarily because of the weather. And I took the shot on it. I took a shot. Didn't work. Whatever. That, that's baseball DFS. That's MLB DFS. Find good spots that are under owned. Take a shot. And most of the time it doesn't work. All you needed is to work once or twice a season. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's not like NBA where you can like cash games and you just churn and stuff. MLB is variance city. You, you have to be able to embrace the variance and go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, I'm going to play 
180 slates this season. And I'm probably going to lose money on 170. And then just, uh, just embrace that. Now you're going to lose money on 170 out of 180 slates. And I'm fine doing that. If the 10 slates that I do win money, I win a lot more, a lot more money. And that's how you play. Uh, let's see. Through the YouTube chat, Daniel Hutchins says that it takes less than a second for his, to him to create uh, MMA lineups. So yeah, that, that, that beats my 90 minutes. That's why, that's why I stopped doing it. Uh, Ryan Edwards asks, what happened to Slate IQ? There, there's some technical problem with it. And they're, they're in, uh, as far as the last thing I've heard is they're in the process of fixing. Because with something like Slate IQ, which is, you know, that is our like top stack simulation tool. Uh, we, if it's not working properly, we'd rather not show figures that are wrong, right? Right, you look at, oh, Slate, oh, Slate IQ is that, oh. This team has a 20% chance of uh, of being the top stack and it's only 2% owned. And people are just like, oh, what an edge. Well, if it's wrong, then what, what, what's the use of it? What's, what's its use? It doesn't, doesn't do anything. So if anything, you could use the smash versus uh, ownership tool, which is not a simulation. So like it's a, it's a different methodology. But I would suggest if you're looking for what's under-owned, over-owned, this is a, maybe a little bit more of a sense, right? So you could take a look at early, here's the early slate. Like for the main slate, smash percentage, 13%, ownership, 16%, right? The difference between the two. So as of right now, according to the plate IQ projections, the under-owned teams uh, for, the, for, the, for the, the main slate, uh, or Colorado against Justin Steele. This is assuming that the ownership in the Smash that, 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 that's correct. Would be no, no, no. Oh, that's negative leverage. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going by top. The top value would be uh, Colorado, Royals, and Cincinnati, only because of their prices. But as far as leverage is concerned, Colorado would be the most negative leverage stack. Right, because you can take a look here. The top would be Atlanta against Joe Musgrove, the Yankees against Kevin Gosman, then Cincinnati against Walker Bueller. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a smaller slate. Well, we got six. Is it six? Eight, one, two, three, four, five, six games. It's a smaller slate. So to find leverage, you're going to be pretty much stacking against pitchers that are going to be owned. Essentially, that's it. Go through the YouTube chat for some questions. You can always post your questions in YouTube chat. Give me those dummy thumbs. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Kickstart says, I couldn't believe Corbin Burns was only 47% owned on the night slate. Thought it was a major mistake the field made yesterday. I, I can't comment on that because I didn't play. Uh, Sky City says, uh, I've been trying to do my lineups the same way I do NBA, getting close to the Opto score with less ownership. That's not necessarily, that's not a 1v1 comparison in this sport. Okay. Just by, just per the way scoring is in MLB, that it's event driven. NBA is not event driven. I mean, everything is a tech, technically everything's event driven, but not by big events. So, like in NBA, if you have one lineup, 
Okay. I'm trying to explain this in the easiest way possible. If you have one lineup with the projection of X and the second lineup you have is a projection of X minus 14. So this lineup projects 14 points lower median wise than the other lineup. In NBA, how would you be able to make up 14 points? Okay. So that would be what? You need uh, what? How many rebounds? How many assists? How many points? Right? A block. So you, need, you need a bunch of stuff that like little, little, little bits and pieces, right? So 14 points is what? Like maybe four rebounds, three assists, and eight points or so, something like that. You need to make that many things up, right? In baseball, if you if you a lineup that's 14 points lower than the other lineup, all it takes is one swing of the bat. That's a 14 points on DraftKings is a solo home run. Okay. So even though Mike Trout projects for so well, or Juan Soto or something, or the pitcher is five points higher projected. It's a double. That's all it is. The difference between this pitcher and that pitcher is one double from any of your batters. Right, a home run will destroy that. Right, oh, this my two pro pitchers project for 12 points lower than these other two. That's one home run from one of your bats. That's it. Right, I'm not, I'm saying that's it like it's easy, but it's it's one one event could happen like that. You're you're one event down. So, think in terms of that of how many events are you lower down other than the number of projected median projection points the standard deviation on these on these players are way higher than an nba and everyone's floor is essentially zero other than pitchers obviously so it's like oh well i'm going to try to find a lower like oh this line of projects at, at, at 210 and this line of uh, not in base 210 is a little high in baseball uh one projects for for 110 and one projects for 109 but it's a little bit less so. Like you could go even further. You go way down. Go go get a lineup that's projected for eighty if you want in a large field contest. The, 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 the projection, let's say, one lineup projects for twenty eight points lower than another lineup. That's only that's still only two events. Now you have to make up. You better have enough leverage, Darren. You better be playing probably that in a, in a larger field contest. But all it is is two events, right? In football. We say, oh, this this lineup projects for six points lower than the other. With and, and you're getting the requisite amount of ownership. I'm like, okay, that's one of that's a touchdown. That's 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 a fifty. That's a that's a that's that's a catch for forty yards. Yes, yes, you're you're down to the field based on that, but you're getting the ownership to go with. And that's all. That's that's what you need to make it that up. NBA, there's no like. There's no 17-point shot, right? No one could say, well, if they hit a half-court shot, I get a bonus. And if this team, I get nothing happens. It's all iterative. So it's much harder to make up those points in NBA because you need it to happen incrementally. Now, it could happen like games blow out. I mean, the variance in NBA still exists greatly, but nowhere near as much as in baseball. You could Vlad Guerrero hits three home runs. And then today, you could look, we can look at him today, and he goes 0 for 5. Or he goes 1 for 4 with a single and a run scored, and he has five points. And 
The Blue Jays still win seven to three. I mean, like, welcome to baseball. That's that's MLB. So it's like if you're if you're if if you're don't you shouldn't be prioritizing like median total lineup scores. I don't. A lot of time I'll play I'll play sixty lineups. I don't know how many I'm playing tonight. I don't even know what contest I'm playing tonight. I'm I'm barely look I'm I'm barely looking at the project. I'm looking more at the ownership. I'm gonna weed out very chalky lineups like in yesterday's slate. Really, I wasn't looking to play like five three Dodgers Braves. Like I wasn't really looking to do that. Like the two chalkier teams on the slate projected at least. The Cubs came up a little bit a little bit more than I thought. So like I'm weeding that out. But other than that, it's like I don't care if I twenty points. Dude, I can make that. My stack goes off, especially if the stacks I'm playing are lower owned. Making up 20 points is nothing. The team scores six runs in an inning. I've already knocked out 20, but 20 points are gone. So yes, the in concept, yes, you're looking to get more projected points for less ownership. That's always that's always going to be true. But understand, you're you're judging it by median in a sport that is not at the distributions are not as normal. NBA, they're as normal as you'd find in, in DFS, the most normal distribution. Baseball, you're not going to find normal distributions. So judging by judging your lineups purely by median, especially for GPPs, A, it's better than, than not judging it at all, but it, it, does, it doesn't tell the whole story. Andrew JNSN says in the chat, MLB is literally hidden miss. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Brian Taylor says, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm scrolling a lot of people. Please help. I've been nailing pitching, but hitting has been terrible for me. Yesterday I went Brewers, for example, and was brutal. That's well, welcome, well, welcome to MLB DFS. I mean, the, you know who's in the Hall of Fame? People that, uh, that fail 70% of the time, okay? And, and, and I'm, I'm talking about, in, not in DFS. I'm talking about in Major League Baseball. Look, look let's, go to the whole, let's, go, let's go to the Hall of Fame and check out people's batting averages, right? Or even, even, even their on-base percentage. We want to do a OBA or whatever, something more sabermetric. You'll see, you'll see Hall of Famers. The difference between the uh, p- person that was cut from an MLB is that the person that, that's in the minor leagues at the MLB level is failing uh, 72% of the time, right? The Hall of Famers are failing at 64% of the time, <laughs> right? If you could only fail 64% of the time at the plate, you're a Hall of Famer, okay? So relate that, that, that shows like, uh, the variance of of the sport of baseball. That's someone that goes three for 10, right? That's an all-star. You came up to the plate and you got out seven out of 10 times. How do I get your autograph? I want you to put you on the all-star team. Think in those terms. The same thing is in DFS. Most of these GPPs, Pay top 20%, top 
just the cash. And this is disregarding the fact that the lower, the, the bottom part of that is not profitable to consistently place it. Well, to be profitable in DFS, you have to be towards the top. But let's just say top 25% of the field just gets paid. Even if it's 1.5X, that means 75%. If everyone was equally skilled and everything, for the most part, you'd naturally, you'd, you'd expect to lose 75% of the time. You'd expect it, okay? And actually, the better that you play, the more that you lose. It's weird to, it's weird to say, but that's true. So the average player... If he's like, okay, I lose 75% of the time, an average player. If you're losing only 65% of the time, most likely you're not coming in first place. Most likely you're cashing more lines. And by the end of the season, you're actually going to be down. And then the best GPP players are people that lose 90% of the time. But the 10% of the time they win, they win a lot of money. Right? So at the end of the year, they have, they have a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever. So think the same thing for, for Major League Baseball, just how baseball works as a sport. Someone's going to get four or five at-bats and going, going one for five with a double, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's considered normal. You wouldn't expect it. If someone got five at-bats a game and they didn't get at least three hits, would the manager just be dreaming them out in the locker room? I can't believe he came up to the plate five times and only got two hits, uh, one being a double and the other a home. Like, well, how about the other three at-bats? Because they failed 60% of the time. That's a whole effect. If you could fail only 60% of the time at the plate, you're, you're the greatest MLB player ever, <laughs> ever. So, so use that in the context of your DFS lines. Oh, uh, let's see. March Mimic says early in the season, I'm playing a lot more against the highly owned pitchers since no one stretched out. Yes, I've mentioned that on, on several programs. That the difference between the top end pitchers and the bottom end pitchers aren't, the ceilings are not as dramatic because no one's pitching like over 100 pitchers. But the pricing is kind of reflecting that also. It's like, like yesterday, some of these pitchers would have been a thousand more, $1,500 more. But I didn't have any problem. People thought I was nuts. Oh, you're going to stack against Scherzer? Yeah, why not? Did it work out? No. I, I got some good scores out of them, but I mean, it, it wasn't the nuts, which is all I'm aiming for. And then you go on to the next day. Go, okay, how do, how do I find the easiest way to first place? And then I try to find as many easy ways to first place as possible. Brian Taylor says MLB is so random, which makes it fun and inferior. Yeah, that, there you go. Take, but how do you how do you take advantage of randomness? Okay, randomness is great if you're someone that likes to take advantage of it. Okay, NBA is less random. It's still there's still random stuff. Variance, it's still high variance. Everything is, but MLB is three times more variance than NBA, and people are just as sure as they are in NBA. This guy's gonna, this guy's, oh, this, this batter against that pitcher, uh, auto home run. People, people are still way too sure of themselves. Or this pitcher, this pitcher's gonna smash today. 
Look at what you Darvish got killed the other day. He was the chalk pitcher, and he should have been. For all intents and purposes, he should have been. But stuff like that happens way more in baseball than it does in, in basketball. And people become too sure of themselves. So embrace the fact that we don't know much. Don't, that, that, at, at any time, it's not a matter of, oh, it's early in the season. Just like that there's a lot more random that people do not understand how much randomness there is in this game. They try to find the sure things. There's no sure things. There's nothing. Nothing's for sure. So that's that's someone that has an exploitative style like me. I find where are the people where are the people too sure of themselves, and I'll go the other way. <laughs> that's it. Where are the people that are afraid of the unknown, and I go there. Right? People like how do you how do you play Nick Lodolo, a rookie making his major league debut? in a game that may even be postponed because of weather. Well, if you're scared, that means I'll embrace that. While other people are like, I got to jam in this picture because of someone's like, no, you don't got to jam in nothing. Why are you so sure of yourself? Don't be so sure, especially in MLB DFS, do not be sure of yourself at all. There's so many stacks you can look at that mean nothing, right? Once you add variance of one, one game of baseball, it's almost like nothing. So, so some players I know joke that sometimes it's so random that just go into line of HQ, set randomness to 100%. So it essentially renders the projections meaningless and just build your lineups. Like, like if someone did that over 180 slates versus like try to meticulously pick it out, it's quite possible that they both end up with the same amount of money, right? That's how random MLB DFS can be. So that's why my biggest advice, and it's it's the main reason why people ask me, who do I like? Who do you think is going to do well? Is is to me, quite worthless questions. I don't think that way. And then especially in a sport like MLB, NBA, you could say, yeah, yeah. If this guy's thirty five hundred dollars because he's going to play forty minutes because this guy's out, like the chances of him not getting there is very low, right? Doesn't mean he always gets there, but it's like, yeah, he's probably going to be in like every one of my lives, right? It's very hard for him not, not to get there, not to score 10x, 15x on his salary, right? I'm not saying I like him. I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm a little bit, a little, a little bit more sure that's a higher probability. Baseball, just throw everything out. You just, essentially, what I, I don't know, right? Yeah, here's the projections and the ranges of outcomes are like, I mean, look, the standard deviations of 10s and 11s and 14s and, Right, a standard deviation of 14 for a batter. That's a home run. <laughs> that's, a, that's a solo shot. You're telling me the one standard deviation is single is it's home run plus or minus? So what's it? And then then people are arguing the difference between a batter's projection, right? A batter's projection of uh, of the difference of like 11.5 and 11.9 when their standard deviation is like a home run. Like, dude, play either one you want at that point. Are we going to argue over 0.4? Yes, if we have a sample size of like a million plus slates, maybe you see some difference between the two. But we're only playing one slate. So in the span of one slate, once you smack variance on it, set randomness for 80%, and there you go. It's quite possible that you could do something. It's quite possible, theoretically. 
that as long as you're like stacking and using leverage of some type, right? This team may be a little bit overowned. This team may be a little bit underowned. That you can essentially just wipe out all the projections or just set random 100% or something and end up and end up as profitable as, as if you'd left it with the projections. It's possible. That's how much random. I, that's what I'm banging on. I'm banging on the drum. When people are like, okay, what's happening today? Right, we take a look. Right, well, what's going to end up happening is I'm going to sort by point per dollar. And people are going to say, oh, Musgrove, Otani, Bueller. Right, oh, those are the pitchers for draft teams. Gausman's down there for the bat, at least early. You gotta, he's got to play Otani against the Rangers. Right, he's going to be 50% owned or something. And then Otani like walks four guys in the first inning and then gives up a grand slam. And people are like, ah, oh, projections are garbage. It's like, no, his his look at his floor in, from 4.6 to 27 is one standard deviation range with a standard deviation of 10.8. I mean, come on. <laughs> Dude, at this, this, this means that his range of results could be like compared to Charlie Morton, compared to, to, to someone in this price range, at least. Seven is Casey Mize. Right, 0.23 to 22 with a 10.75 standard deviation. The only problem, the only problem is Casey Mize is probably not going to pitch as long. Price pitch count is probably much lower. But if Casey Mize today scores 16 points and Otani has negative four, where let's just say that 16 points and Otani has six, both would be within once the one standard deviation. Of their of their projection, right? That big fat middle, sixty eight percent, right? That middle. You say, well, Otani was fifteen point one two, and Mize was ten point six six. Yeah, those are medians, and this is this is baseball, people. This is we're not. Who cares about the median to that extent when the ranges are so wide? Greggy, two to twenty four. That's his projection. His projection isn't 12.79. It's 2 to 24. So what's the difference between 2 to 24 and 4 to 27? When you think of it like that, you go, okay, 4 to 27 is better. But is that dramatically better? 4 to 27. Otani puts up 7 points, and Greggy puts up 22. You go, but but Otani projected for 3 points median better. Yeah, you're right. It does. Their range of outcomes is extremely wide. So you want to embrace that, embrace it, right? That's why you play multiple. That MLB is the great sport to play multiple lineups. Go, oh, I'm going to play the 20 max. You play the 20 max, play 20 lineups. If you want to take a shot, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stack against Bueller in one lineup. Do it, right? And then in the next lineup, you can say, well, I'm going to play Bueller as if he, he goes and pitches a complete game shutout. Not going to get that many pitches, but yeah. And you can do that for the next lineup. And then in the lineup, you're like, I'm going to stack against Otani. And you build a five-man Ranger stack. And then you, you know what you do with your next lineup? You play Otani in that lineup and, and play no Ranger. You, you can do that. <laughs> Take advantage of things that people are too sure about. Okay, let's see any other questions before we get out of here. Do, 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 do. 
Right. Jay Gentile says Vlad went 0 for 4 against Cortez. Next day hits three bombs. Right. That welcome to baseball. JPL 711 says I doubt it holds with Severino 1% ownership. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be 1% though. This is all early. This is all that they have to make manual adjustments, adjustments behind the scenes. Anytime I anytime I show stuff on this show, the process is right. These numbers may change. Direction Alvius says, living that positive EV life is tough. Until it gets realized a few times in a time period. That's correct. I feel you. I feel you, buddy. I mean, that's that's what I I mean, that's that's essentially how I play. That's essentially how most top players play. Unless you unless you're a cash game, high stakes head to head, that type of thing. Most of the time you lose it until you win big. Look at my MMA. Like I I now all of a sudden I'm an MMA shark. Right, all of a sudden, MMA, MMA. People are asking me about my MMA stuff, dude. I like the first like forty slates I played of MMA. I like lost thirty five slates, won a little bit on five, and I was down a bunch of money. And eventually, pop, pop one hundred sixteen thousand dollars. The next thing you know, pop thirty five thousand dollars, and then eh, ten thousand. Like I mean, it's like oh okay, it's not like I changed much. Was still doing kind of the same things anyway. I refined my process a little bit more. And just what you wait and just waiting game. And don't live, you know, don't don't mismanage your bankroll. Because you may go long periods of like like down, 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 right? In MMA, right? Oh, the highest, the high, the two highest underdogs and the two highest favorites both have 110 plus points. And some lineup that was duped 126 ways won first place. Well, I'm just losing money on that slate because I'm not playing that line. I'm not part of that 126 man train. I was already part of a 26 train. That was a that was too high to begin with. So I'm typically not going to have those types of lineups. So if like all the chalk comes in an MMA, I lose money. I have most of multiple non-chalk options. Even if all the chalk and one weird guy, I don't even have that one, right? Because that's still duplicated too much. They just wait every slate. And when the expected stuff happens, I lose. And when the unexpected stuff happens, I have a whole bunch of those types of types of things. So that's why in MLB, you can play it that way. That you're not, you're not taking a stand on anything other than not the thing that everyone else is going to do. Right? That, that's that's all it is. It's like, I don't know. I, I have no idea who's going to do well today. But uh, let's uh, let's make a lineup in case Otani explodes. Let's make a lineup in case in case uh, uh, the, 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 the team with the lowest, uh, let's say, I'm looking at the lowest implied total. Let's just say uh, Cincinnati, uh, uh, the Bueller gets to Bueller or uh, the Atlanta-San Diego game, right? Like Morton, maybe Morton, maybe Morton doesn't have to stop today. I want to play San Diego, right? Who's pitching for Atlanta? I, do we even do we even know who's pitching for Atlanta? I don't know. Okay, so it's Musgrove against Atlanta. You can play the Braves against Musgrove. I mean, you can do any of that stuff. Figure out what the field is going to do, knowing that the field is going to be way too sure of themselves. Then an MLB just build a bunch of lineups that are complete opposite. 
Yes, and it's not, it, it's not going to come in. It's not. That's, you know, you're going in with that mentality, not for one slate, but for the whole season, for months on end, for weeks on end. And you wait, and you wait for the unexpected. And you have a whole bunch of unexpected little outcomes. And when one of them hits, boom, and you hope that's a good enough amount of money. Right? Sometimes it hits and you don't have exactly the right pieces and you're getting two grand instead of 50 grand. Okay, well, keep on going. MLB is the best, like the best sport for that type of thing. Right, the direction Al Albius says, the first lineups I created in 20 max specifically attacks high ownership pieces. I would have a hard time doing that at NBA. Correct. Right, because of just the nature of, of how basketball is played and how projections, media projections are much more normally distributed. Right, Daniel Hutchins says on the big GPPs, the chalkiest bats are always over-owned like clockwork. Correct. Do, 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 do. Uh, anything, uh, anything before we get out of here? I'm just going because people are talking amongst themselves. Do, 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 do. Uh, Max Coach One says, Blender, can you make a suggestion to the support guys in lineup HQ? Uh, you, you could. That do they put a re button in re to refresh lineups in the build section? Right now, the only way you could refresh to see updated ownership and points is have your lineups all saved. I'm not sure what a refresh lineup in the my lineup section you mean. I'm assuming. Find me in the Discord or go in the, the, the Blender's Game Theory channel or something. Explain it to me there. I don't, I don't know. I, I think I understand what you're talking. I think you're talking about the my lineups page. So it refreshes the lineups with the new project. I, I, I think that's what you're talking about, but I, I may be wrong. Dan Janning says, is it smart to just stack against the highest on pitcher every night in GPP? Typically, if it's a large field contest, that lineup most likely based on the inefficiency of ownership, typically on most slates will be plus EV. Just absurdly high variance. Means it's, it's not going to win anywhere close to as often. But when it does, you'll be like the only guy with that lineup. Not the old, obviously. Other people will have similar lineups. I'm more in, on a larger slate, okay, against an ace pitcher, an ace pitcher, pitchers that have very high projections. I'm less likely to do so at all. I just X them out. Only because of the opportunity cost. Five-game slate, sure, go for it. Stack against Jacob DeGrom when he comes back or whatever. Any of those types of guys. No problem. It's a small slate. There's, there's only so many choices. 13-game MLB slate, and it's and it's mid-season Scherzer at 12K versus a team that has a team total of 2.8. Yeah, and, he, and Scherzer's going to be 40% owned. Is there value to it? I Maybe. But stacking, maybe playing batters, playing a, a, a two batters, one batter, maybe. But it's more of the product of when you're stacking a team with five guys, you're you're building under the assumption that that's going to be the highest scoring team of the day. 
13 game slate against the best, one of the best pitchers in baseball. If they blow up Scherzer, what's blowing up Scherzer? Four or five runs? Scherzer rarely gives up 12 runs or something like that. So it's like your stack still doesn't get there because some other team puts up 10. Some other team puts up 12 runs. Some other team against a real, more pitchers on the slate. So from an opportunity cost perspective, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do that on those types of slates. Those lows on us may be negative EV. But if it's a high on pin, like I take a look at this slate, there's, there, to me, there's no, there's no aces. I mean, no one's an ace early in the season anyway. They're not pitching 100 plus pitches. We're going to be getting to bullpens quicker than, than we will be a month from now. On any other slate, like Walker Bueller, maybe, you know, 11,000 and 40% up. On a six game slate, if you want to take a shot on stacking Cincinnati, that's fine. If this was a 13-game slate, I wouldn't do it. Well, there's so many more options. So that, that's the only difference. So, But that mental, having that mentality of like going into a season of MLB DFS with, a, with an overall, I'm going to lose 90-plus percent of the time, but I want to just big once or twice a season, thinking, I mean, that's a little too extreme of going, I'm just going to stack against the highest on pitcher every day. I mean, that's a, very, that's a very blunt, broad approach. But I'd rather lean towards that end than like, I'm going to play all the chalk, right? So that, that's my advice to you. Like, you're, I, I'm more on your side. But there's a cat that in DFS, there's never any yes or no answers. Like, yes, you always, or you never. That it's more likely, less likely, tend to, less likely. There's no yeses and noes. Direction Alvius says, having some lineups like that should be useful. Correct. I'm working on reducing those types of lineups in my contest myself. I kind of go ham with playing leverage lineups. Correct. Like, understand the lineup could be plus EV, but also could be extremely high variance. And if you're playing 20 lineups, do you want to play 20 of those types of lineups? You could play lineups that have enough leverage that still are plus EV, but are less likely to... If they, if they don't make it, they come in last place. And if they make it, they come in first place. You may want some that, you know, so out of your 20 liners, maybe you still cash six to eight of them. So you're not losing all 20 on days where none of that happens, right? And you can still be profitable with those other lineups. How many of those high variance lineups do you want to play? You can't, hey, do you have the risk tolerance and you're playing a very small percentage of your bankroll? You want to start jamming in 100, you know, high variance to leverage lineup? Go for it. Just understand that you're going to lose a lot before you win. Now, at the end of a, you know, at, at the end of five seasons, you're up a ton of money. But though that the journey to get there is going to be rocky. Uh, let's see. Ravens fan 216 for single entry with stacking teams like Texas, Atlanta tonight be going too far. Should you, sim, 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 should you still incorporate more chalk for smaller contests? Uh, don't think in terms of chalk and not chalk for smaller contests. Think in terms of total of your in smaller in MLB and smaller contests, you don't have to have the nuts. So, like if I was gonna play chalk under see, you have to balance two different concepts at the same time. In small field contests, the chalk tends to be chalky, which typically lands more on the pitching than on the hitting. 
in single entry contests, I'm less likely to play some 40% one-off, right? But I don't mind playing a stat. Like if you wanted to play, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what tonight's slate because I barely looked at it. Whatever the chalk stack on tonight's slate, there's a Colorado maybe, Chicago, I don't know what's going on in cores. Uh, there's a way to play those five, five guys and play the guy at the bottom of the look at look at the Dodgers yesterday. I said it on yesterday's show, but I'm not I'm not avoiding the Dodgers because I could play Lux or Barnes or Taylor, some of the bottom of the order guys, and be perfectly fine. Especially if I'm not playing like the chalk pitcher also, because I didn't play, I wasn't playing Scherzer. That perfectly fine, but also understand that in single entry contest because the chalk gets chalkier, it's easier to find leverage. So if there's some SP2 type, a non-ace type of pitcher that's just getting a, oh, he's 7,200 and just the pitching sucks this on this slate, especially in DraftKings where you have to roster two pitchers. Some $7,200 pitchers all of a sudden getting, in large field contests, he's going to be 30% off. In small field contests, the guy makes maybe 45% off. You know how much leverage, you get even more leverage now stacking against so maybe you just want to, maybe you want to play five guys against that. And then at the then you just press the optimize button the rest of your life. Cause at that point, it's probably not going to matter because you can be, you're playing, you're probably playing a two, 3% don't stack in single entry. And if the stack gets there, you can probably even have a zero in your lineup and win. So think of those two approaches. Don't think of like, I got to play chalk because it's a smaller field. No, think in terms of where can I find leverage first? And then decide, do I want to do that? If the answer is no, then it's a matter of, okay, how do I play the best projected batter team, you know, that stacks, but maybe play them slightly different and then do that. And then maybe play a slightly different pitch and do something more like that. But the first way you should go is because single entry ownership tends to be, have higher chalk is chalkier come from that leverage perspective first. Consider that first. Doesn't mean you do that but consider it first. But it doesn't necessarily mean stack against aces, right? doesn't mean you, you can't play batters against them, right? So if, like, if you want to play Texas, let's say I'm going to fade Otani, I'm going to play Severino and Bueller, and I'm not going to stack Texas, but maybe I play two, bat, two batters from there. You build a 5-2-1 type of lineup, and you play two batters from that are against Otani. Maybe not five. You could do something like that. So you're not, you're, you're getting leverage, but you're also not, you know, playing, playing an absurdly lower projected level. Uh, anything else? Ravens fan 216. I, yeah, I just seem to see sharp players just throw their cash lines. Yeah, they're not sharp for those contests. The $121 single entry contest on, DraftKings is one of the softer contests for the primary reason that the high volume, high stakes players just throw their cash lines into it. Because that $121 means very little in the scope of them playing twenty dollars to $40,000 worth of $50,000 worth of volume. So they're not going contest by contest. What's a good lineup for this contest? What's a good lineup for that contest? What's a good line? That's what you should be doing, but it takes time. And is it worth that? Like, picture for someone like me i may throw my cash line up or something in like nba into a 12 dollars single entry contest and you may look at my lineup and go 
well, this is your cash lineup. This is not good for a $12. This is not the best. This, this, it may actually be plus EV, but not much plus EV. But I'm playing $4,000 worth of volume. Like I'm not going to, for $12 contest, I'm not going to, a $3 single entry contest, a $5 whatever, I'm not going to make individual lineups for it. In comparison to the amount of volume I'm playing, no. Same thing for like head-to-heads. I'll occasionally get a DM of a head-to-head. You know, it's like, oh, we played a football head-to-head, $5 head-to-head, and uh, we both had the same player in the spot and you didn't swap. Shouldn't you have swapped? Because once it locked, we both had the same lineup. And uh, I automatically lost. I said, uh, I'm playing 200 head-to-heads. And a lot of them are, are more expensive than $5. So uh, I, I don't have the time to go through 200 head-to-heads. So I go through the more expensive ones first, right? So I'll go through the 109s and the 215s and the 50s, maybe some of the 20s. But probably by the time I get to the 10s and the 5s, locked is already, it's, it's, it's gone. So I care more about that. To them, a $5 head-to-head, they're only playing $30 worth of volume, right? So they could pay attention to a $5 head-to-head. So that, that would be the difference. That would be the only reason why. Okie doke. I think that's good enough. I answered a whole bunch of stuff. It's early in the MLB season. I'm, all, I'm always here to answer questions, right? We got a bunch of new people that I haven't seen seen before or seen in a while. Nice to see people in there. You could always watch. You could always uh, watch later on YouTube. You could always uh, download the podcast. There's always a podcast version on it. People don't know that, maybe, right? So go on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and download it there. Subscribe, rate, and review if you'd like. Uh, all the stuff that we talk about uh, on the show with all these tools, you could get on Roto Grinders Premium, right? You could be part of my uh, Blenders Game Theory channel, and we'll we'll have you know we have those three or four. Coaching calls a month, and I answer quite any questions you want. I answer them in that channel. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description to get there. You can also get my my Theory of DFS Masterclass, as Devin has posted in the YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, Friday, got Friday. I got I'll, I'll get my MMA sheet ready for for tomorrow. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll take a little look see at that. We'll go over. This slate, we'll be talking about how Otani got negative four points or something and how Dave Dunning broke the slate or something. It'll be something unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Embrace the variance of MLB DFS. And I'll see you tomorrow. Answering your strategy questions, as I always do, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.